It's the Swangling Show, episode 31. 31 Swangles. And it's uh, the consequences are dire right now. The scenario and the mood is thick, man. It's a fucking champions only edition of the Swangling Show. 31 Swangles around the sun. I'm joined by the Swangling Heavyweight Champion of the World. Busting out the frames once again. Is that a Deadpool t shirt? Mr. Griffs is in the house. Yes, sir. We in the building. What's good with y'all boys? Well, are you drinking a beer? Right now, is that what's going on? What is Sunday, that? We, we starting off early. It's pregame, and you know what I'm saying. Pregame. It's not after twelve. So facts, facts. Hey, we just we just came from the little Mexicans joint. Uh, you know, sucking down margaritas and shit. So, as a matter of fact, like I was planning on going to that Lucha Libre spot, but they closed on Sunday. So, oh, that's a joke. That's bullshit. But check that out. Vice has got the Corona. Just speaking, I know you heard him. It's the mid-card, self-pronounced mid-card champion of the Swangland universe here. Stan Edwards Jr., rapper geek in the house, joining us as well. Fresh off them margs, he might be a little fucking tipsy for Super Bowl Sunday. It's a champion's face-off. And they they both have they both have quite a bit of liquid courage, and the and it's going down on Super Bowl Sunday. What's happening, Stan? What's going on? What's going on? I'm feeling feeling very good right now. Pushing for them Bengals tonight. Hell yeah. I can't wait. Um, I really hope that um, Cincinnati pulls it out, you know what I'm saying, and gets that win in this Super Bowl game. I'm really rooting for him. But I don't, you know, I'm not going to be the pessimist or this, this, the true skeptic, you know, because it's in my DNA to go for the Ohio squad always. But you look at that Rams roster, and it's hard to pick against that team. So they're going to have their hands full tonight. If they win it, they're really going to earn them a championship. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, both teams are in the Super Bowl for a reason. They're both really good, you know. And, uh, you know, you can't sleep on Stafford. He spent all that time suffering in Detroit with the Lions, and now he's got a real a real team behind him, and, uh, you know, he's doing his thing. But I'm I'm definitely going for uh, Joe Ice Block Burrow, Mr. Cold, Mr. Freeze, you know what I'm saying? He's just cold-blooded out there. They doubted him at LSU. They doubted him in the NFL, and he's taking the Bengals for the first time since the 80s to the Super Bowl. You know, Well, they doubted him even heavier at Ohio State where he transferred out, went to LSU, and uh, then he, he set it off. So here's the deal. Mr. Joe Burrow is a former Mr. Ohio football, high school football player, stud going in as the underdog against the fucking stacked-up L.A. Rams team, right? It kind of brings me – I kind of look at the contrast between the two teams. And and um, we came into this episode with an idea of doing something totally different. But we're, we said, fuck it, man. We're calling the Omaha, Peyton Manning, fucking Omaha, something or other, audible, on the fucking fly. We're going to switch it up. So check this out. So on one side, you got the old school veteran quarterback, the longevity of the career, right? Safe bet. And then on the other side, you got the current hot topic. You got the fresh into the league, young quarterback right so i think it's this is going to be our 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 conversation of the day is weighing those two things against each other against what's popping for the moment and what's been popping real slowly for a long time my man the singular only conquering reigning and defending swing on heavyweight championship holder vice grip is in the house what is something that you think about about trendiness um, well, trendiness, you got to look at it like it's a now thing, right? 
So whatever's trendy is what's happening now and happening in the moment. So anything that people are vibing with um, can become trendy. So, you know, some people view it with a negative connotation instantly and say, oh, it's trendy. It's just what's hot in the moment. It's not going to last. Well, they used to say that about rap music in the 80s, you know. They, ah, this is a trend. This is a fad. It's never going to last. Now it's one of the most popular genres. It's classic. You're going to see yeah. the halftime show. Dr. They said Drake, that also Cole. about um, MMA was treated in that same regard. It's right. Funny. Yeah, this ain't oh, shit. This ain't going to stick yeah. around. Look at it now. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's bigger than it's big. I want to say bigger than boxing, but it's slowly overtaking um, what boxing used to be. And I'm a I'm a big boxing fan. I grew up on 90s boxing. Yeah, and, and for sure. Yeah. I started watching UFC and MMA since the beginning, but uh, you know, it 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 become it starts off as trendy, and if it's something with substance and longevity, then it becomes that old slow right. burn, that good old thing, that cultural. You know, um, it just depends on if it's something that's going to fizzle out right away, or if it's you know if it's just riding a wave with a trend and it has really nothing behind it, then yeah, it'll fizzle out, and then it was just trendy nonsense, but whatever becomes popping and, and popular and is trendy can turn into that second part. If it, if it uh, ages well. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And it's like a kind of like a building block now. Okay. So we're going to talk about real quick, the adverse of that, of the trendiness. What about something legendary Stan Edwards, Jr. Rapper geek right now, the mid card champion of Swangle. Tell me about anything legendary something legendary um you know the first thing that come to mind right is just having a just having a foundation you know what i'm saying like um and I, I, excuse me for going off off into another realm right but like when i uh you know me doing my you know my business right i'm a boudoir photographer right okay and so i'm in all of these groups and I see what a lot of these other photographers are doing. You know what I'm saying? Like they do everything that's trendy. Everybody's got the, the flower tapestry background and shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. everybody does the same. Everybody does the same thing for the most part. Like they, they might switch it up just a little bit, but it's always usually the same poses, you know, the same trendy poses, the same trendy uh, setups and backgrounds and all of that. And and I'm looking, I'm like, there's really no difference between what you do and what somebody else does. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't really care for people who follow trends too much, right? Um, you see it on TikTok. Like everybody, everybody wants to follow the trend of what's what's hot, but it's like, you know, now you pretty much like you struggling to keep up, you know this 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 trend is hot today but you know next thing you know it's going to be something else completely different tomorrow and this is like well who are you outside of these trends you know what i'm saying but um <clears throat> that's like i said that's that's where my mind went um but as far as something legendary though like i'm gonna have to i don't know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to think on that one my mind See, ain't, uh, i think i think something behind me right, right i think your something behind you is pretty legendary marvel you know oh, that's the facts Marvel Studios, you know, you think about where they started. I mean, you could talk about that. Talk about like, I mean, Marvel really started in an era where comic books weren't taken seriously. Like, really, that's what mm -hmm. you're going to do for a living? You know, that's what uh, was told 
to Stan Lee and um, all the original illustrators, Jack Kirby, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That's facts. And like he, you know, like like he, you know, and it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and like I should have thought about that. But like, you know, he, um, he did something that he did something that was kind of against the grain. Like he, he gave he gave his characters a personality. You know what I'm saying? Like starting off with the Fantastic Four. You know what I'm saying? Like he gave he gave them a personality. He actually made them. He actually made the Fantastic Four go through shit. You know what I'm saying? And he stuck, he stuck to his guns. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do what was just completely legendary. Like he almost, he almost quit the comic business. You know what I'm saying? But then his wife told him like, you know, do what, uh, you know, do what, do make what you want to make. You know what I'm saying? And he stuck to his guns. He created a foundation, like I was saying, you know what I'm saying? And he, he created something, he created something legendary. You know what I'm saying? Like now, we spend billions of dollars going to see these movies when, you know, when they come out because of Stan Lee creating, like you say, a create Stan Lee creating something legendary, not just keeping with the trends of comic books at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he made some, he, he made what he wanted to make and you know, that shit took the fuck off. Yeah. We got to pay, pay the ultimate respect to Stan Lee and uh, creators, creators in general, man. Cause without the creativity and without uh, people trying to push the envelope all the time, man, we wouldn't have some things that are legendary. And in the adverse, we wouldn't have the things that are the trends either. Um, one thing that I want to point out is like, Sometimes it's kind of a cloudy line between whether or not somebody is trend following or if it's just their preference. You know what I mean? Um, Just because you like something doesn't mean that you're following the trend. You know what I'm saying? You just got to I feel like uh, um, sometimes trend, that's what it is. It's meant to be followed. You know what I'm saying? So like um, they put out a new video game system. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a trend follower at all, but they drop a new video game system or something. I might be paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or a new album comes out or something. I might be waiting. You know, that doesn't. It's okay to be a fan of things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just right. yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta know where the line gets drawn. Like you know, when you're a fan of the Swangland Heavyweight Champion so much that you just you just comment on his music videos talking the slick ass shit and you're doing all these, you're doing all these creepy things. If you're listening to the Swangler show and maybe stalking Kyle or maybe you're fucking, maybe you're leaving nasty comments on the Swangler heavyweight champions fucking YouTube account or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? We got to ask you this question. Is that legendary? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Vice, my man. I like how you immediately pointed out the Marvel shit because Dan is surrounded by it. And I think that's a really sweet setup. It reminds me like I've never been huge into Marvel or comic books really at all. But I remember being a kid, I had a VHS tape of the X-Men animated series, like the Rise of the Sentinels shit dude was amazing i used to watch that shit all the fucking time saturday morning cartoons you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely and it was fucking awesome to uh just have that memory pop back up into my fucking head about watching that vhs tape i used to have that and then there was this other one that was like mighty mouse vhs tape i used to watch all the time and then hella pro wrestling all the time now stan if you had to pick of like um, 
something like, like within that Marvel catalog that you would say is like one of the most creative things about that series, what would you pick? Out of all of Marvel itself? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I'm going to go a little left field a little bit. Um, The fact that Stan Lee put storytelling into everything that he did, like not even necessarily just the characters, not even necessarily just the stories, but the way he interacted with even the fans, you know what I'm saying? Like the way he put, um, you know, the, 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 um, you know, like the, cause you know, back in the day, you know, the comic books, right. They had the, you had the fan mail, like people could, you know what I'm saying? Write in and share their thoughts on, you yeah. know, the, um, the stories and all of that shit. And like, he turned that, he even turned that into a storytelling uh, opportunity, you know what I'm saying? So just, on a deeper level, you know what I'm saying? Like storytelling in general, like Stan Lee was legendary, not even just in the comic stories themselves, but, you know, creating the story around, you know, the way people interacted with these comic books. To me, that was, that's, that was legendary. That's awesome. I fucking, I think that um, you look at somebody like, just Stan Lee in particular, dude. And it's like the depth of that catalog. Now, like it started from nothing. And now, now there's all this, you know, there's a merchandising jug, fucking juggernaut. There's a movie empire. You know what I mean? They're still uh, the number one, I would imagine, within the actual printing of the physical comic game, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, you know what? Um as far as comics are concerned, yeah. um, I would say I think DC kind of still kind of holds a stranglehold um, as far as comics. Um, that's just kind of coming off of my head. I'm not 100% sure. I would have to, um, you know, look it up to confirm that. But um, DC kind of had a hold on the comic books in general. You know, Marvel is just more so the 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 household name because of the movies you know okay. but dc has some of the most iconic heroes like in history batman superman everybody you know what i'm saying like everybody knows about everybody knows about those characters mm-hmm. marvel and it don't seem like it now because of the movies but iron man was more of a more of a like a a, a b-level character before the movie yeah, came out, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the movie really created this 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 aura around Marvel that Marvel was the number one, you know. And at this point, you know, it's arguable that it is, but I got to give DC credit where where credit is due. You know, DC they have mm-hmm. probably some of the most iconic um, characters, and it's been like that. It's been like that for years, you know. Oh yeah, I mean. Nobody can no nothing's bigger than Batman. You know what I mean? What is bigger than Batman? Superman. You know, and that that <clears throat> really uh those images of those characters are iconic. You know, I'm more of a Marvel yeah. myself, but those I mean, you see a a a, a swole dude floating down with the red cape, you instantly everyone knows what that is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's where superheroes came from, you know, was was from Superman, you know what I mean? So that you gotta give credit where credit is due. I ain't even gonna lie, I, I don't like Superman. I don't like Superman at all, but I, <laughs> yeah, I gotta give credit where credit is due. 
you know. Son of a bitch from Krypton. <laughs> have have either of you guys ever been through uh, Metropolis, Illinois, where they say is the home of Superman? They got the big statue and shit. Nah, yeah. So one I time, haven't. one time we were making a trip to uh, down there to Jonesboro, Arkansas, to visit Rage and uh, Marinated Mitch and some more of the homies down there, and decided to take an alternate route. End up going through old uh, Metropolis, Illinois, and then our vehicle broke down, and we had to. We were stranded out there. In uh, rural Illinois, that was a wonderful time. You know what I'm saying? But I, that, I always have that memory connotate to Superman because I'm fucking broke down car and I look up and there's this big Superman sign and shit is fucking wild out. It's going down. 31 swangles around the fucking sun. Vice Grip's getting faded. He's on the swangling heavyweight fucking championship regime. It's going down. For a big game, you know what I'm saying? We smoking, drinking, we doing our thing. I can see it now. I can see it now. Vice Grip is going to have uh, the itis during this. He's going to get faded. And then he's going to start smashing food right as the first quarter hits. And then before you know it, this motherfucker's pants are unbuckled and he's just passed out in the recliner. Oh, no, I'm going to wake him mom. up. I'm going to my mom's house. We're wearing gym shorts. You know what I'm saying? Straight <laughs> up. Like, we ain't even doing the unbuckle. That's a Thanksgiving move when you actually got to look presentable for company and all that. Well... Thanks. I wish it was fucking gym shorts weather out here in Ohio right now. I'm envious. I'm envious yeah. of the swang on heavyweight champion, man. And I gotta I gotta know, man. I we're wondering where's Kyle? Nucleus, where you at? You know? Um, we're gonna have to fucking hire some type of graphic designer to do one of those like milk carton. Where are right. you? If you see Kyle, <laughs> missing if you see Kyle, yeah, MIA. He's he's gone, man. We don't know where he's at. We're missing yeah, the fake I can't speak for him lately, but he used to be the co-host. Yeah, from right now, it's looking like I'm joined weekly with my co-host, the Swing on Heavyweight Champion, Vice Grip. <laughs> Mr. Grips That's, is coming oh, through. No, no, he's no, taking no. over. We can't we can't do that yet. I gotta <laughs> once I retire and the belt moves on, then I become the co-host, you know. So okay. I was gonna say, like Vice, Vice kind of taking that that Ric Flair role, you know, where he, oh uh, yeah, he he became co uh, co owners with Vince, you know, yeah. after the um, oh yeah after the invasion, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the consortium, the McDangling, right. yeah, the big time dangling consortium is going down. Thirty one swangles, man! I can't believe that we just keep it popping yeah. and popping and popping over and over again on the swangling show. Josh will be done. Joined by my flexing friend down there in South Florida, Mr. Grips, showing off the fucking physique like a fucking lumberjack. Fucking, um, give a little bit. Do you guys remember the wrestler Doink? Yeah, Doink Doink the Clown. clown. And he had the the, the, uh, short version of him too. Yeah, Dink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doink and Dink. Yeah. Well, check this out. Here's a, I'm going to, Turn the fucking table back a little bit. The same guy that was the original Doink, the good Doink. Before that, in WCW, he was a character that was like a fucking lumberjack hillbilly. And guess what his name was? Big Josh. And I should have sued him for copyright infringement. He's a little son of a bitch. Because <laughs> uh, you know, it's Josh funny. Home. It's it's funny that you said that because, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up when we actually do the the the, the plan topic for this episode, but. Um, you know, there was a there was a reference of copyright infringement uh, from the Bible 
you know, that I was going to bring up that, uh, yeah, I don't man. know, if, I don't know if you remember, but I must, I'm going to save that when we do, oh, uh, man. We I do remember that planned episode. Oh yeah. There's been, you know, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, we could say it's, it's not just a conspiracy family. It's a conspiracy reality. You know, I'm getting bit by the yeah, Bible, right. you know, there's, um, big bands put out uh, albums with my name on it and all types of shit, man. And it's crazy. I think I'm the original Josh, man, out here. That's just how I got to be feeling. That's the energy I got to carry, you know? Um, I see people on the internet, they post these quotes, you know? They post these quotes from the Bible, you know? And it's like, damn, that's exactly what the fuck I had said, you know? And it's crazy how it goes down like that when you're getting bit, you know, by, by, um, religious texts out here that's how you got to know that maybe you got some real foresight on the swangle show episode 31 31 swangles around the fucking sun and vice grips throwing out the motherfucking the numerals on the fingertip if you're watching the video version on the youtube mm-hmm. 31 i remember my uh 31st birthday now i'm 36 and i'm getting fucking old out here man and in the world is the world is changing man cincinnati Bengals are playing for championships and shit it's yeah, expensive as fuck to go to the grocery store you're only as old as you feel though you know Facts. well i definitely don't feel that old because you know it's sunday today we always film these episodes on sundays <laughs> you know they come out a couple days later so um, when you guys are hearing this, you're going to hear us talking that super bullshit and we're going to see who was right and wrong. Cause we kind of, you know, yeah. we took a little poll within the Swangland society here on the squad cast, the one and only squad cast. Um, and the, we're going to have us a winner of who had the closest pick of that super bowl score within the Swangland, you know, Swangland sphere, if you will, the big fucking universe of Swangle. Are we, are we, put, are we putting the picture out there for the, for the universe? Are you, oh, are, you, no. are you keeping them in pocket? Okay. Oh, it's already in pocket and tallied. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's already in pocket and tallied. We know who wants who to win. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to see We're gonna see who, who called the game, the big game correctly. You know what I'm saying? On the Swangling Show. We got to find out where's Kyle. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's MIA. We got uh, the duel of the fucking champions right now, man. I'm joined by Stan Edwards Jr., the mid-card champion, and my man, Mr. Grips, the swangler of all time, according to uh, documented statistic vice. How does it feel, man, to be um, on record as the number one swangler? I mean, you know, from episode one to episode 31, it's been a crazy uh, evolution. You know, we can see the progress, which is pretty much – indicative of everything we put our hands into we try to figure it out a little bit in the beginning and it may be a little rough cut rough around the edges it's still going to have the flavor and you're going to see the potential but you know we always progress in everything uh i think any of us from the squad you know and that's why we're uh we're in the squad together because all of us as individuals whenever we put our our hands on something creatively it's just going to get better with every episode you know it's just going to get better with every uh piece of work that's going to go because you know i think all of us just push ourselves artistically we just want to do dope things you know what i'm saying and create as uh as high quality content as we can whether it be music or podcasts or artwork you know we all have our own creative outlets and then you know we display them to the world and we hope people vibe with them we hope it brings them you know some kind of 
you know, some semblance of the same feeling that we got when we created it. You know, whenever I'm making, I'm working on my new album, whenever I make a new song and I'm jamming it, it just fills me with electricity, with life, you know? So we want to breathe that into every everyone that absorbs the content once we put it out, you know? Yeah, dude, I think absorption, man, is a great concept in its own right. We could do an episode about that. You know what I mean? About how um, the things that you um, consume really create you. You know what I mean? Like you really got to, I really believe now, especially as I get older, believing in my, um, just the comfortableness of my environment, how that can spark me to get something going. So like kind of OCD about, you know, we always have a clean house. We want our house to be bright. We want it to feel warm. You know, there's all these little things that go into play that set your comfort level up correctly to be able to be creative that's something that i've been focusing on um a lot since i purchased the old casa de la swangle here you know what i'm saying so you guys see i got a bright orange fucking wall you know what i mean behind me little shit like that um i'm thinking of actually potentially having uh my younger siblings come through and tag a big ass mural on this wall that's behind me i think that could be fucking cool for the show you know, and like Vice said, you know, we're rough around the edges with this shit. You know, we're not into, um, you know, I've heard some people make like some snide little remarks and be kind of critical in some regard, almost like is like uh, I'm trying, we're trying to be famous on the internet and shit, right? And like really? that's the that's <laughs> the mission or whatever. But in reality, no, we don't care about that. What we want to do is we want to bring Somebody you guys up. Yeah, dude, some sly shit. But um, wow. we're going to um, – that's <laughs> okay. clearly not the vision here. You know, we don't really give a fuck about fame. Fame no. means nothing to us. You know what I'm saying? We want to give the people something that they can latch on to, something that's fucking solid, something that they can feel like they can be a part of. Um, we're regular fucking people. We're not fucking some crazy fucking, you know, come from some lineage of, like – set up fucking stardom or you know i wouldn't say any of us are like fucking really wanting to exploit ourselves on the level in which it would take to be ultra star in the world you know there's like a back end to that but one thing is for sure is that everybody that's involved in the fucking squad cast has a, a wonderful fucking opinion filled from experiences of life and these are the things that we want to tap into and share and talk about and give people real fucking game, give people real insight on real things. And in the, in this real world, not in the fucking metaverse, I don't care how much money you paid to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor in the fucking metaverse. I want to know how much money is someone going to pay to be the neighbor of the mid card champion, Stan Edwards Jr. in the metaverse. Stan, if you're in the metaverse, how much do you charge somebody to be your neighbor? Um, man, that's a great question. Um, 300K. 300 fucking K. You hear that, you little son of a bitch? On the Swangland show, it's not going to take a quarter million. You better bring a little heavier bag than that. Stan Edwards Jr. pulled that Intercontinental Championship out and said, you want to know what? The bag feels kind of light. This envelope feels kind of light. I'm going to need 300, not 250. Vice, what do you think about that? I was going to question if that was really a good question. He said, that's a good question. I'm thinking, is that really a good question right now? Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
I don't I even just know pulled that hell. number out my ass too. I, I know, know, like what? The, what the hell was it? I don't even. What is it like a virtual reality game? I've seen the commercials or something. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't. It's like Facebook's little trying to get into the video game market. I don't know. You know, you want to talk yeah, about? They, 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 we could go into that. Video games became something that was just like little kid shit when we were kids. You know, our. You know. My bad, I was getting a call. Um, you know, arcades were doing their thing, but then home systems really, really set it off. You know, home systems was a uh, was was what really got it rolling. But recently, I mean, look at you can't even get a PS5 or you know a new yeah, Xbox right now. It's like yo, and video games are making more than sports. Like the money that's involved in it is crazy. So. Yeah, video games is definitely legendary. legendary. Fucking legendary shit, man. But not trendy. You want to know what video game I used to love, man, back in the day was with that fucking DuckTales shit for, like, Super Nintendo. Man, that shit was hard. You ever play that, Stan? I never played DuckTales, but for uh, Super Nintendo, I used to play the fucking... Uh, oh, no, no, no. It was on the regular Nintendo fucking... Um, uh, Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird. Oh yeah, that, that was the shit. I used to fuck that game up. Oh yeah, man. I had a lot of uh, video games that I used to fuck with when I was a kid, man. And especially like um, the WWF Royal Rumble game when that first came out for uh, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo with the Royal Rumble match in it, dude. That was lit. You know, I used to love that shit. One game that I feel like is slept on in the history of video games that was a mega fucking franchise was the World Series baseball game for Sega Genesis. Did any of y'all either ever play the World Series baseball games? Nah, I never I actually never played that one. Um one another one of my favorite games of all time, which is the ultimate classic um, vintage sports game, in my opinion, is that Ken Griffey Jr. baseball from way back in the day. I, first, I remember that game. I don't know if I don't oh, know yeah. if I've ever played it, but I do remember that game. I definitely remember that shit. Oh yeah, Dude, I tell you, Ken, was, I tell you what was slept on on the Genesis though was a uh, Shaq Fu. Yeah, Shaq Fu was, was hard. That yeah. was my shit. That was my shit. Oh yeah, I had a Genesis. You know how like there was that divide when we were kids. It's like you were either a Sega person or you were a Nintendo person. It was rare that somebody had both. You know what I mean? So, I had access to both. Yeah. My cousin, like my cousin, she had a Genesis. She had a Genesis over my grandmama house. And then um my uh, my little cousin down the street from my grandmama house, he had a Nintendo. So like I had access to both. I just had to go down the street. Hell yeah. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think kids realize just like Prop just said, we had that like I had a homeboy that would always, you know, he was a little bit better off. So uh as far as financially with his family. So he would get the new system first and all the kids would go to his house to watch him play the games because he was the only one that had the system at the time. Like I had to wait till you know Chris uh the holidays, um Hanukkah and Christmas time to really, you know, get the big money system or get you know one or two games or whatever so it's like you would just slide to your home you know now everyone's got their own and they're at the house and everything's on the internet they could just but we used to just watch other people play for hours you know hell yeah dude and it's crazy because like around that time period you know the video game shits they fucking started to 
increased quality at just like a rapid level. You know what I'm saying? When they made that jump from, you know, like the console fucking games to the disc games to the fucking online gaming and all this fucking crazy shit. Now it's like, um, especially when you've seen them drop, like going to the wave of the original PlayStation and the N64, you had a bunch of legendary fucking games there, like GoldenEye. Everybody fucking played GoldenEye at some point in their life, man. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. They, that's the game. If they're going to come back with a, and revisit game titles and revisit movies and do all this extra shit, where's that New Age 007 video game? Yeah, good question. So if you're, in the, if you're in the video game industry, you're a little son of a bitch. And if you're listening to this, you might want to pitch that idea. And if you don't cut us in, we're coming to see you. Vice Grip, that swing on heavyweight champion, could be at your fucking house over this 007 remake on episode Swangland 31 in the building. I got um, some things going on, like when we do some presentation and doing preparation for the show, where it's like we're always trying to improve and we always want to set shit up. And sometimes we have little blunders, you know, and sometimes things don't go the way we want them. And we're like um, learning and growing to creating the content that we're giving the listeners of the fucking Swangland show. And I think it's dope that people are still listening in and they're giving us the opportunity to work these fucking kinks out and get the, the gears rolling on this shit. Cause you know what I'm saying? We're not no fucking technical professionals, no shit like this, but we still fucking whip it together on the fucking Swangland show. So I want to give at this moment an opportunity for both Swangland champions, man. We got a one that's original stamped in stone, man. The fucking Swangler of all time, vice grip, Mr. Grips in the building. And then we got the self-proclaimed Swangland mid card King, if you will, the intercontinental swangler of all time, which next week, there might be a cool background of next week of fucking Stan holding the intercontinental championship or something. You never fucking know what could happen on the fucking swangling show. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to give you guys the opportunity because I always appreciate you joining me on these fucking shows where we just chop it up about everything in the world. I want to give you both of you gentlemen, starting with the king of the mid card, Stan Edwards Jr., an open fucking forum, man. To just go ahead, and if you have anything on your mind whatsoever, man, just go ahead and throw it out there. Stan Edwards Jr. is the open forum town hall. Get it. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll, the Intercontinental Champion will come in and start off. Um, you know, I just I just wanted to say, and I, I kind of like, I alluded to it, I think it was last week, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody everybody needs a platform to, to tell their story. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's is more essential than you actually think it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's essential to have a platform to, to speak your mind, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to talk, to share your thoughts, to, to tell your story, you know, it's, it's really, it's actually essential for your, your well-being, your psychology, you know what I'm saying? So yes, like we creating content here, but at the same time, it's like, we, you know, and like I said, you got to give you your props, Josh, like for creating this platform one, like for always create a platform one, because like you was the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if anybody noticed, but you was the main reason why I ever performed out of town, out of state, you know what I'm saying? Like for the first time, you know, because uh, yeah. you, like I, you know, I, I was able to do my thing in West Virginia twice, you know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah. 
that's that's a big deal. And like like I said, you've you've always created platforms, and that right there, like you are, you know, like fuck a Mark Zuckerberg. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, we it's it's all about. It's all about the Joshua Dunn's, you know what I'm saying? With the conspiracy verse in this motherfucker, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So, sure. so like I said, again, I got to give you your props for creating, creating the platform, you know, and, you know, just kind of throw it out there for everybody to, you know, if, if, if you can't create your own platform for, for you and others to tell their story, then, find find a platform for you to tell your story because it's like like i said it's it's essential it's it's essential for your you know for your psychology whatever that platform is whether you creating content online through a podcast or video or you know blog you know or just going to talk to somebody you know what i'm saying like either find or create a platform because it's essential and i'm I'm oh yeah I'm going to throw it to the heavyweight champion on that. Oh, shit. Here comes the swinger. And I'll piggyback off what Prof said. Um, You know, even if it's not like an actual like this, like a podcast or uh, some kind of artistic endeavor, written media, uh, verbal, video, whatever. Just like he said, telling stories because that's, you know, uh, I think a big theme throughout this episode. Everyone's got their life story. Like, you know, when you sit with your family on the holidays and you hear them reminiscing about the old times as they get older, it's very important for their psyche. Like, especially if you're a young person listening and you haven't, you know, you think a year is a long time still. It's not, it goes by oh. quick. You know what I'm saying? As so you get quick. more of them, as you get more years, each year becomes less of a percent of your entire life over the expansiveness of it. You know what I'm saying? Numerically. So, you know, when you're 10, a year is 10% of your life. When you're 20, it's only 5%. So when you get 30, 40, 50, you know, so when you see and listen to these older heads, kick these stories, you know, sitting around the couch, sitting around the dinner table, um, you know, back in the days in the ancient times, sitting around campfires, travelers, like storytelling and passing along is such a ingrained, primitive, primal human thing. So whether it's, through here, dropping gems on the Squadcast, the one and only Conspiracy Entertainment, you little son of a bitch. Or if you're sitting yeah. with your family, if you're sitting with the you know round table of your homies, of anybody, kick that knowledge, absorb that knowledge, pass along those stories, and express yourself because it's it's good for your mental. Oh, absolutely, man. You always got to fucking say what's on your mind. That's the one thing that I want to pass along in this fucking episode of the Swining on Show, man, is if you got something on your chest, man, say it. You always got to say it. You have a voice. It's important. Nobody is better than anyone. You know what I'm saying? A human opinion is just as relevant as the next human opinion. And you can contradict things that even people believe to be fact. And you want to know what? You'll be fucking, you might blow your own fucking mind to what you discover and unravel just with a little bit of ingenuity and having some fucking courage to speak your own thoughts and uh, be able to create some, some things. Cause it's like, we have this platform here and we drop all types of gems on people. And we talk about stories and, um, uh, like you said, Vice, I, I really am kind of interested in that now just to look at like what is the the lineage and the importance and some of the the ways that they would do storytelling in more primitive cultures like earlier in history and stuff like that, because I bet you that has 
plays a very large role in the creation of our languages and a bunch of other things as well that could kind of unravel some fucking pretty cool stuff. So I'm going to look into that. We might chop up about that in the future. And I'm that glad that you brought that up. That, that plays a lot into the religion episode. I can't go into it too much because we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. On oh, episode yeah. Once we get, you know, the full thing going um, and my cousin's about to pull up on me, but you know, uh, storytelling is is such a primal human thing. Once we developed our language and we could actually use our words to say what's in here and make someone else understand, like we want that connection. We're social creatures. So, oh, you know, yeah. holler at us in the comments, holler at us on the social media conspiracy. In the yeah. Oh, yeah. Dangling, swinging for life. And I always am uh, very grateful to have these conversations with you guys, man, chopping it up on the Swangling show. Um, as you heard him reference, we do got a mega fucking episode coming up. If you're listening, we're going to do the roundtable conversation about religion and a bunch of other things pertaining to religion to where we could have some real hot button topics within this conversation that's going to be a real good one to keep your eyes peeled for coming up on the swangling show within the very near future i'm joined by stan edwards jr the self-proclaimed king of the mid card it's like when taz made his own title in ecw and i'm fucking feeling it the <laughs> ftw fuck the world champion but it's it's really the swangling intercontinental champion stan edwards jr rapper geek joining me as always, knuckled up like the homie Menaside Swanglin fam alumni, RIP Menaside. Um, the Swanglin heavyweight champion, Mr. Grips, representing the most southern spot in the country. The little son of a bitch is holding it down on the Swanglin show. We're going to see you next time. Rick's dangling for life.